Welcome to the Sticky Bits of Parenting, a babyology podcast. I'm Rebecca Huntley. Let's face it, feeding small children can be a frustrating and messy experience. Food refusal is a classic developmental issue for little kids, and we live in a world where eating in general has become more confusing, more complex, as we worry about obesity, sugar, additives and preservatives, and yes, allergies and intolerances. We live in a world where there's a paleo diet for toddlers, for Pete's sake. When I was growing up, I can't remember any kids with allergies at my school or in my neighbourhood. I think I took a peanut butter sandwich to school almost every day in primary school. But even before I had my first child, I was well aware of the issue of food allergies in kids. It has always been a big topic in discussion groups of parents I conduct in my job as a social researcher. My awareness of the food allergy issue did affect the way I fed my first child. Even though I had no grounds to think there might be a problem, the first time I gave her any peanut butter was when her grandfather was around because he's a doctor and I knew if something happened, he could handle it. Same with my twin girls. I know nut allergies can be a serious thing. One of my eldest daughter's best friends has a nut intolerance. Not life-threatening, but it was pretty awful to watch his lips swell up one day when I had given him some imported chocolate with finely ground hazelnuts in it. The label was in Italian and I, I forgot to check the ingredients list. Parental anxiety about what kids eat is nothing particularly new. Historical accounts of Australian childhood note that in the late 1800s, lots of attention was paid to the diet of children. Spicy foods, cake and tea were all forbidden foods. There was also lots of worries about food adulteration. So milk was seen as particularly hazardous. There were additives in milk to stop it from souring and it could cause sickness, even death, in children. By the 1970s, when I was born, we worried about artificial colours and flavours in food causing hyperactive kids. But worries about food allergies seem new and seem particularly Australian. In fact, in 2011... The Murdoch Children's Research Institute found that as many as 10% of 12-month-old infants have a clinically confirmed food allergy, and that's one of the highest reported rates in the world. Rates of all food allergies are increasing in the Western world generally, in affluent countries like Australia, and in countries increasing rapidly in affluence like China and India. So what is happening with food allergies? Dr Prethi Joshi is a paediatrician specialising in allergies and immune defects in young children. She is based at the Children's Hospital at Sydney's Westmead. She tells me that there has been a doubling of nut allergies in Australia in the last 15 years and an overall increase in food allergies in general. What does she think is causing this? There are a lot of theories. So a lot of people are looking at what might be causing this. And it's quite fascinating because when you think about it, our genetics aren't going to have changed in that short period of time. Um, So people have started to look more and more at what's happening with the environment. So there were some very early studies looking at why was the incidence of food allergy so much higher in um, more developed countries than the developing countries, Um, you know, even if the genetic type of people were the same. And... um, What we've started to really explore is this thing called the hygiene hypothesis, um, which is not simply to say, oh, we're too clean in developed societies, but more about the sort of exposures that we're having to the sorts of things that our immune systems used to get exposed to. So the types of um, bacteria and, and their products that 
um, exposure to animals or living around animals might produce or a farming lifestyle might produce or the consumption of more whole foods might actually give you that exposure so that your, your gut bacteria are actually quite different to the sorts of gut bacteria we have now where we have much more limited types of gut bacteria so that we're not seeing the food and processing the food in our bodies the way that we used to and perhaps this is leading to an increase in food allergy. This area is being extensively researched at present but Dr Joshi reports that the solution to the problem might be greater rather than less exposure to peanuts. What some very good evidence has shown is that at least in a population of um, English babies, so this might not apply to you know everyone around the world, um, that, that even were at risk of having nut allergy, so there was a family history and so on, um, that introduction of peanut between four and six months of age was actually protective, so it stopped them or reduced the rate of them developing a peanut allergy later in life. The good news is that about 70 to 80% of kids with a cow's milk allergy will grow out of it by primary school. This is less likely with egg, nut or seafood allergies. The rise in allergies in Australia has prompted researchers and practitioners to wonder, is this telling us something else, something broader about the modern diet? Aloysa Hurrigan works for Nutrition Australia as an accredited nutritionist in the early childhood area. Her work includes creating educational materials for nutritionists and schools in relation to childhood allergies and intolerances. I asked her, what do we know about how children aged two to five eat in Australia? There's a few areas where children are doing okay and some areas where um, it would be good to see them eating a little bit more and probably vegetables is one of those areas Um, and probably the other group that gets a bit risky sometimes is the meat and the alternatives to meat type group. Sometimes that's not um, a group of foods because they have to chew a bit more so they're sometimes a bit more reluctant to um, eat much of those foods or enough of those foods. Does she think the modern diet in societies like ours might be the reason why we're seeing an increase in allergies in kids? Yes, they haven't uh, fully identified the reason why allergy is increasing and certainly the prevalence has increased and and is increasing. Um, But I guess when you look at why that might be occurring, there's a lot of research around what they call the gut microbiome, you know, the bacteria in our body and how that's um, impacted and changes according to how we eat. Um, so if we eat a lot more processed food, um, those uh, bacteria that often help our digestion or help our bodies to um, respond positively to food um, may not be there in the right balance. So that seems to be something that um, can influence your likelihood of developing allergy. Aloysia is less concerned about the high awareness of nut allergies than she is about the trend towards self-diagnosis of something like gluten intolerance. There's a lot of um, information through the internet uh, which suggests that you need to um, maybe um, avoid certain foods or, uh, you know, that things like gluten are one thing that crop up that people, that's in the media a lot, you know, and with celebrities who say, you know, keep your children off this, this food, and which is in wheat and wheat-based products, which are staple foods for many people. So, and, and I think the, the biggest worry is that parents will self-diagnose problems with allergy and and then um, start restricting and limiting the range of foods that child receives and then you're more likely to increase fussy eating but you're also more likely to be putting it you know getting some risk of um, maybe the child not getting all the nutrients actually need. I don't know about you but if you have kids in primary school you'll know that school canteens have to deal not only with serious allergies but also with parental views about food intolerances 
as well as very different preferences of parents and kids about the kinds of foods that should be offered in terms of taste, cost and healthiness. Jane Dibbs is a senior dietitian at the Healthy Kids Association, working with school canteens across New South Wales. She hears a lot from canteen management as they grapple with concerns about allergies and intolerances, and she agrees it has become a much bigger issue than in the past. She also believes awareness has increased as much as prevalence. Has all this brought about any changes in the way kids eat more generally? Jane says the latest research has seen changes in recommendations from healthcare professionals about the shift from milk to solids in very young children. The latest introduction to solids information has been revised in light of, I think, quite a lot of research that's been being done. And now the recommendations is that you should introduce these allergenic products um, at six months. And so um, I think our, um, you know, the messages have been probably a little bit not mixed, but they haven't been clear about what is the right way to introduce food so that you avoid allergies as, as the kids grow up. Like Aloysa, Jane finds that anxieties about nut allergies are less of a problem than concerns about things like intolerance to gluten, which can often be self-diagnosed. We do get people ringing us saying that they've put the whole family on a gluten-free diet for no particular reason except that they think that it's healthier. So I think there's certainly a lot of mixed messages out there around gluten intolerance. I think food allergy, um, because it is so specific, children have specific reactions to the allergen. It's quite can be quite dramatic. Um, I think that's a bit different um, to intolerances where you may have kind of milder, milder symptoms. I certainly feel that there's a lot more self-diagnosis of intolerances um, because they are, the symptoms are vaguer, um, whereas with food allergy you tend to have um, a reaction that is fairly consistent. You eat the food, you get a reaction, you eat it again, you get a reaction. It's a much clearer, or in most cases, it's a much clearer reaction to the food, whereas intolerances can be, oh, you know, why have I got abdominal pain? Why have I got... A little rash this or rash, some kind of, that, yeah, that exactly. sort of thing. So I, and I think, um, you know, there is so much information in the media at the moment about nutrition and um, the way we should be eating what's a healthy diet. I think um, there's a lot of mixed messages and a lot of misinformation out there in the media. Um, so, you know, I think people are quite confused. <laughs> so food allergies in general are on the rise and may well contribute to the rise in self-diagnosis of intolerances in children by parents who spend a little bit too much time researching diets on the internet. More research into food allergies, the causes and the solutions, needs to be done and is being done, but it's interesting to me that there is some early evidence that food avoidance may be the problem. It all reinforces the need for variety in all of our diets. In the end, it's all about exposing our kids to a range of foods, offering foods time and again, a bit more dirt and certainly less processed foods. Oh, and a final bit of interesting news. Scientists are trying to develop a non-allergenic peanut and then all we'll need to worry about are the unknown side effects of genetically modified foods. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Sticky Bits of Parenting, a podcast for babyology. The next episode will explore the topic of kids and the iPad, how much time is too much screen time? 